Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. To pick up a free audiobook download, head on over to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology. Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane. And I'm Rick Romlick. Are you uh, mocking me as I was doing that? No, I was just practicing for like if I ever get the chance to do the intro. I mean, I know I blow like the ending part every week, but if I ever get the chance, you know, I just want to be ready to say those lines. Rick, next episode, I'm writing it down. Next episode, <laughs> I think you should do the intro. All right. Sounds like a plan. I'm I, will say, I will say another thing. Uh, this is the earliest that Robert and I have ever recorded. Not super early, but as far as recording, it's like six yeah. something in the morning. 6.50, baby. So it's a good time. So this is, this is the fruit of us not having episodes in the bank. So you're getting ready to go on vacation? Yes. And we do not have episodes in the bank. So we are coming to you guys over crystal clear Zoom audio, which probably is not terribly crystal clear. So we apologize for that. However, this is the only way we can get it out. And so, Rick, why don't you let the audience know where you're going and why they have to put up with this less than ideal audio? Yeah, yeah. So uh, wife and I and her family are heading to Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, first time for me to go to Charleston, so I'm excited about that. I know there's a lot of historical things to check out there. Um, Rob, did you did you go there a couple years ago? Was that yeah, Charleston last year? Um, okay, and we had a great time. There's a ton of historical things to check out, and yes. so if you get into that, then you're gonna love it. So of the four of us that went, <laughs> one person really got into that. <laughs> so shout out to you, Riley. Um, but he loved it. We had to pull him away from the historical sites that we visited and uh, while the rest of us sweated in like 98 degree heat with hundred percent humidity, he was just taking, you like, what you know, else, what else did you go to Charleston for? Vacation. Well, yeah, exactly. Like we just, just wanted to relax. Yeah. That's great things to see. Yeah. It was pretty scorching hot. And so we went to like two or three historical sites and of course they're outside. And mm-hmm. so, you're just absolutely sweating buckets the entire time. But ultimately, it was good. I would go back and I would do it again. Gotcha. Um, but I'm just, I appreciate history, but I'm not one of those guys who wants to go to multiple museums during vacation. Gotcha. Well, I will have to hit up Riley. I know Riley's more of a history buff than I am, but yeah. you can probably give me some good pointers. But yeah, we're heading down there and leaving uh, tomorrow morning. We'll be down there for a week. That'll be fun. Looking forward to that. Um, and the reason we, we have to record this way is because Rob's schedule is so busy, he just couldn't get together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I so, laid down I'm sorry, listeners, that Rob's not committed to this podcast. Um, I'm sorry to suffer. I really, I, I, we're actually, we're on a search right now for another co-host. So <laughs> We've, we've uh, already contacted Vander Bloemen. Yeah, and, uh, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. I met that guy one time. I know you did. I heard it was a really good experience. Yeah, it was a it was an experience. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Rob, don't worry, buddy. Your job is secure here. We're not trying to replace you. So Boy, that's good because I got a pension and I've got a future to 
be aware of. I've got a kid now. So I need this. Yeah, I need this gig. It pays so much. So much. So, and one of the ways it does pay is through our Audible trial. Rob, yeah. is that still going? It is. It is. So um, I know you and I didn't hear it at the beginning because we don't have the whole finished product. But listeners heard it at the beginning of the episode because I'll put it in there. But yeah, if you head on over to audibletrial.com slash simple theology, you'll get a free audio book just for signing up for a trial. And here's the cool thing. If you sign up for the trial and let's say it's a 30 day trial, right? Let's say you cancel it after seven days, you still get to keep the book download that you got. So you'll have that audio book forever. And so I've already gone over there and I've gotten uh, the whole Christ by Sinclair Ferguson. And I plan on listening to that. Rick, uh, you should head on over there and get something if you can. Wait, so you got a different credit card? Because last time you said you couldn't do it. I decided I decided to use my my debit card. Yeah, yeah. put it in, lock so, it in, bud. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I might do that. Um, I love I love Audible stuff. It can be kind of pricey, but um, for the vacay, we love audiobooks, so I might do that. Get a book. Yeah, and and if it is out of your price range, guys, just go over to the trial and get a free audiobook, and then cancel the trial. I mean, I'm sure Audible wouldn't be real thrilled with me saying Sorry, that. Sorry, Audible. <laughs> but, <laughs> but feel free to utilize this. They know what happens. And so yeah. it's good though. Book just for signing up. Yeah. And one of the first guy who did that through the Simple, Simple Theology link was Wyatt Allen. Shout out shout to you. Out, shout out to you, Wyatt. Um, Wyatt's a good dude. I don't know what book he got, though. That would be a good question. I asked him. Um, yeah. you don't he know. told me. And I forgot. Yeah. All right. That's okay. So, and then uh, another shout out. We've got, we've got a few shout outs here, but I wanted to throw out a shout out to Scott Burke. He's a coworker of mine. And so I work in Columbus, Ohio. He works in Minneapolis. He actually travels all around the country, but he's based in Minneapolis. And he just found out, or I just found out that he is a listener to the show. So shout out to you, Scott. Thanks for listening. Scott. Um, another shout out. Audra Ellen gave us a five-star rating and left an awesome review. Yeah. Um, you have that pulled I, up, Rick? I don't. <laughs> Let's pull that review up. That was a cool I don't. Um, I will say, Audra, thank you for your review. Thank you for your, your five stars. I don't know that I know you. Um, if I do, maybe you, your name changed. <laughs> Rick's an absolute jerk. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, you, know, you meet people when you're younger, and then they get married, and they have a, a different last name. Yeah, that's true. So let's read this. Let's read this. Audra's review was funny and instructional. That was the title of the review. She gave us a five star. Thank you, Audra. You rock. And it said, I've been enjoying listening to these guys have fun while explaining different areas slash topics of theology. It's a different spin on the mostly serious theology podcasts out there. So thank you, Audra. That are, those were some nice words. We try to keep it light, and we also try to address some of the theological topics without taking ourselves too seriously. Should we rename it like Silly Theology? <laughs> Welcome to Silly Theology. <laughs> Have an upbeat. Have a goopy. That's going to be our next podcast we drop. Yeah. Um. Anyway, no, no, um, we appreciate your, other, Oh, sorry. Well, I was, was going to give a shout out because um, we've got a couple other people who left us reviews. So we're not going to read them. Um, Rick, I think you know the second one and you know the first one. So the first one is Mark Glenn. Thank you, man. Mark Glenn. Appreciate Mark, that. awesome dude. If you're looking for a good church in Reynoldsburg, Pataskala, 
Summit Baptist Church. Check it out. Yep. Um, they're going through an awesome church revitalization process. Just getting that going. So excited about Mark. And then, yeah, Gina Paulson. She is out in Colorado. She's working for the national parks uh, out there. So thanks, yeah. Gina. So thank you guys for leaving those reviews. Um, if you do leave us a five-star rating, we will be extremely grateful. And then if you also leave us a review, then uh, we'll read it out loud, give you a shout out, and just kind of give you some credit for supporting us. So thank you for that. But Rick. But Rob, we're, but we're Rick, like nine minutes into this episode and we haven't talked about you, anything. Are you kidding me? We're nine minutes in? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, let's get into it. What are we talking about today? Talking about uh, the youth exodus, how so many young people grow up in the church and then they leave the church. Um, some come back in their later you know, 30s and 40s, but a lot of them do not. But this is happening in droves. So it's a very, very big deal, very concerning, and the church needs to deal with it. They need to address it. Yeah, absolutely. In 2012, the Barna Group, which is uh, just a research ministry, they uh, did a research study and found that six in 10 young people will leave the church permanently or for an extended period of time starting at the age of 15. And so from that 15, I think it's from like 15 to 25 or 15 to 22 range, uh, six in 10 young people will leave the church. Yeah, it's a, it's a big number. I mean, the, the reality that people are leaving um, something that the church has been has known and they've been aware of, but they haven't really been addressing it until more recent years. Um, it's it's really important though because the church is is designed and it's built for for everyone from from kids to young adults to senior saints. I mean, it's not just for you know the tithing demographic. It's it's designed for everyone, the whole body of Christ throughout their whole walk. So it's yeah. important that we begin to value each member in that body. Yeah. I, uh, one of my professors at seminary was talking about the importance of having multiple generations in the church. And he used the illustration. He said, if you were to go to a family reunion and it was all uh, cousins your age, then that family reunion would feel a little bit strange. If there were no aunts and uncles, there were no grandparents, great grandparents, or little kiddos running around um, he said it wouldn't feel much like a family reunion if it was everybody within five years of each other. And so the biblical view of the church is a multi-generational one. It's a family. Yeah. And yeah. so when when an entire demographic seems to be leaving the church, uh, we definitely want to address that. Yeah, so Christianity Today published an article a few years ago talking about the six primary reasons that young people leave the church. And as we go through these, um, some of these are obvious reasons. Some of these like, we'll, we'll dive into. But the first one is isol isolationism. One-fourth of 18 to 29-year-olds say church demonizes everything outside the church walls, including music, movies, culture, and technology that generally define their generation. So things that their generation, um, it's popular, it's, it's moving, and they go into the church setting, and it's just like, you know, that's from the devil. Get out of here if you listen to you know, Justin Timberlake or whatever. Yeah. So have a have a, a burnt or a bonfire where you throw all the <laughs> all secular music in. And the thing is, like the heart behind, and I won't go through all these. The heart behind it is is generally good. 
it's that you love Christ and you separate yourself from the world. But if you if it's forced out of legalism and not out of a love for Christ, um, it's, it can be devi- divisive. And so you have to be careful with that. Yeah. And there's also that whole aspect of like some things, even though it may not be explicitly Christian, it doesn't mean that we have to completely write it off. Right. So exactly. I feel, uh, but anyway, number two, first thing is isolationism. Second one is shallowness. And they said that one third call church boring. About a fourth say that uh, faith is irrelevant and Bible teaching is unclear. And then about one fifth or 20% say God is absent from their church experience. And so that's amazing. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm thinking about, okay, one third call church boring and one fourth say that faith is irrelevant and Bible teaching is unclear. I feel like both of those things could be addressed by, and, and maybe this is just me being too pragmatic, but better preaching. Yeah. Like they say it's boring and they uh-huh. say that Bible teaching is unclear. Yeah. If you're uh, a preacher and you're not engaging the people that you're supposed to, to shepherd, the people that God has given you to uh, preach to week in, week out, and, and they find you boring and the Bible teaching that you're sharing with them as unclear, then man, you need to switch something up. Yeah. And, and, and I would say as a preacher, that's, that can be hard to, to make sure that you're doing those things well. And you can't control how people respond to that, but yeah. you can control um, how you're preaching. And you know, do you have a high view of scripture? Is that coming across in your in your messages? So it's really important. Um, third reason would be a lot of times people feel like the church is anti-science. But one third say the church is out of step on scientific development and debate. So it's not necessarily saying the church has to hold to a evolution evolutionary mindset or doctrine. Um, but they do need to be engaging with the science and the, the conversation of technology and science that is affecting us. And uh, we see this with the creation debate, but we also see this with some bioethical issues regarding stem cell research and um, you know, when you, the sanctity of life and all those things. So the church has to be engaging with those things and engaging with the culture. Yeah. Especially because yeah. like, nowadays, I mean, science is a god. Yeah. It's, it's worshipped by most people. It's, it's, that's the, the secret. That's what will answer all the questions. Yeah, and at the end of the day, as, as Christians, we believe that God's word is true. And so we should never be afraid or intimidated by things like science that are looking to expose truth. And so some of them come at it philosophically from the beginning saying, okay, there, there is no God, so we must explain away these things in our own ways. And that would just be philosophical. But when we're just looking straight at evidence, yeah, like we shouldn't be afraid of, of what evidence says, because ultimately, if what we do believe is true, then God's going to prove himself true in the evidence. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but the fourth one, thank you for giving me this one, Rick. <clears throat> the, the fourth <laughs> one is sex. <laughs> and Anytime, Rob. <laughs> here, here. Um, that sounded really, really weird. <laughs> What? <laughs> you guys can't see the video, but Rick is pretty excited. Um, that would that would not be the word I would use, but I'm very, anyway, here's what it says. Here's what it says. Blushing, you know? It says that the church is perceived as simplistic and judgmental. For a fifth or more, a just say no philosophy is insufficient in a techno porno world. 
young Christian singles are as sexually active as their non-church friends, and many say they feel judged. And so the church, to respond to, I mean, it, there, there's obviously no, no debate in that since like 1950 until now, our culture has become more sexually driven. Just a tad. <laughs> just a tad. So like for the church to engage in that by saying, I'll oh, just say no to sex until you're married. Right. Okay. That, sure. Like we believe that marriage is supposed to be restricted to the confines of, the, of a covenant of marriage between two individuals, a man and a woman. And within those parameters, God gave us the gift of sex. Right. Now to, to just address these things that people are clearly being pulled towards just like any, anything else as saying like, just say no to it. Like that feels <laughs> like you're not really addressing the issue. Like just why? Just say no to drinking water. Just yeah, say no. Yeah. Why? It, it'd be more helpful if the church would explain why is it better for you in the long run? Why is it going to bring you more lasting joy to abstain from this good thing? Right. Why is it going to bring you more or less joy to, to enjoy this good thing the way that God intended for you to enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Like if, we, if the church were to explain that in a more robust way, I feel like um, people yeah. would, would and, not feel as judged. And I think they can do that in a, a biblical, even modest way. And what I mean by that is some guys have come out, you know, books or sermon series very clearly about sex and, and stuff and uh, and I'm glad they're addressing some of those things, but it's like they're almost graphic to grab people's attention, like a shock and awe kind of factor. Whereas all these things need to be addressed, and they should have been addressed for, for decades now. But we do that still with, with some modesty, understanding that these are sensitive issues, very personal issues. But yeah, if you just say, hey, just say no, or you know, just control yourself, like that misses the heart of it. Yeah. That's moralism in it. It doesn't do anything. You, you, you're obedient. You follow Scripture because that's what God has called you to. And as you said, there's a greater reward in being obedient. Yeah, um, to pull a to pull a piper, like we we do what most makes us happy. And right. if if we are not convinced that God's design for sex is uh, the way towards ultimate greater happiness, then we'll engage in in that in a way that God didn't design for us to like any, like anything else. But if we are convinced that God is good and God is for us and God is the designer and the creator of all life and the, all good things in this life, then um, thanks for that text, Rick. <laughs> um, then <laughs> stop texting me. What do you mean to say? It's it was like, so loud in my hey, ear. Hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. I, we're at 18 <laughs> minutes, and so we're coming up on 23 minutes fast. Let's go ahead and go to 28 minutes. Yeah, killing me. Um, Turn your volume down. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, if we are convinced that God's design is, is going to be ultimately better for us, and we find greater enjoyment in our relationship with God, then saying no is a lot easier because we realize, oh, I'm, I'm choosing the thing that's going to bring me greater joy. But if, we're, if we don't have a theology behind that, then it's mm-hmm. going to be tough to just say no. Right. Um, so the fifth reason, exclusivity. Three in, three in ten young people feel the church is too exclusive in this pluralistic and multicultural age. And the same number feel forced to choose between their faith and their friends. And I would say that, I mean, the church is going to be exclusive by definition. 
Now, we live in a very unique time in history in America because um, up until this point, you know, it was a hard thing to be a part of the church. It was a unique thing. You know, now we've gone through an era where it was the popular thing to do. It was the cool thing to do. And um, we're heading back into a time where it's not the cool thing. But yeah, if you take a hard stance on the exclusivity of Christ, obviously you're going to be exclusive. Um, so but under, helping people to understand why that's important, why it's so important that we are exclusive in some things. Not that no one's welcome, and not that we don't have conversations and we're not open to um, some new ideas and so forth, but the fact that there are some just hills that we're going to die on no matter what. And that usually doesn't get explained very well. It's just a matter of, you know, this is the way it is. And if you're not this way, get out. And that is not the heart of Christ at all. Yeah. And I think you hit on that. Like we, we are going to be exclusive by nature, but we're simultaneously the most inclusive um, religion out there because at the same time, we're not saying that nobody can, can come to the Lord. We're saying that the only way to the Lord is through Christ. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's what Jesus said. And so, yes, it is exclusive in that sense, but it's inclusive in that anybody can come to the Father if they would go through Christ. Yeah, so it's like... <laughs> What's so funny, Rick? Why are you laughing? I just sent Rob another text saying hi. Blew out my eardrums again. <laughs> I can't mute it because then I can't yeah, hear you over the Zoom. It's just fun. I got you in the spot and, you know. Oh, man. Take, All right. So the number one. six is um, doubters. The church is not a safe place to express doubts, say, over one-third of young people. So one-third of young people say it's not a safe place that they can have doubts and, and work through those. One-fourth have serious doubts they'd like to discuss. And I, I've seen this uh, personally several times where people are like, man, I just, I'm not sure about this. Like I'm doubting. And what happens usually is the person in authority comes down and says, no, this is how it is. This is true. End of the conversation. Instead of actually entering into, the, into that space with that person, discussing their doubts, helping them understand them, you know, loving them like Christ, saying, hey, I do not want to talk you into a religion. I don't want to convince you into Christianity, but I want to help you work through your doubts. I want to help you um, understand this more and by God's grace, you know, help you believe. Um, but yeah, the church has, I think, just been quick to shut down any kind of conversation rather than dealing with it, which it comes from a, a position of fear. And we, should, we have nothing to fear as Christians. We, we believe that um, Scripture speaks to all things. It, it holds water. I don't have to defend it. It's not on me. It can defend, defend itself, but I want to help people understand it more. So it's really important that we create space for people to work through their doubts and their, and their fears, questions. Yeah, absolutely. I heard, I heard a quote that faith is a wrestle with doubt. And so our entire lives, as we, as we walk this, this journey of faith with Christ, like we're constantly going to have seasons mm -hmm. where doubts creep up. Absolutely. And, and that's not a bad thing. The, qu the question is, are we going to work through them? Are we going to, to look at scripture? Are we going to talk with other believers about it? And if the church is in a safe space for that, then man, people are going to, people are going to peace out. Yep. Um, which by the way, Rob loves peace out like that. He's been doing that as long as I can remember. Rob's been this peace out dude. Peace the out. Phrase, peace out. Yeah. You've been rocking that well I, since high school. 
Have I? Wow. I didn't I realize so. it was having that much of an impact on you. No, I didn't. I just know it. Yeah, it never really encouraged me, but peace out. Peace out, dog. That was just like... I want to find a picture of Rob, like, circa 2010. No, my Long word. hair. All he wore was, like, gym shorts, um, like, Under Armour flip-flop sandal things with socks. Adidas. Yeah. Adidas. Adidas. And, like, Adidas, as as the three a baseball stripes. shirt. Yeah. And a flat bill hat. In a flat veil. Somebody thought that was a good idea. Rob did. Yeah. Rob thought it was a good idea. Rob thought it was a good idea. And but like a lot of these things on the list, Rob, uh, they're not all bad things. We need to address them. But what can we do about it? What, how can we get people to engage with what's going on? And how can we get the church to, to begin to address some of these things? Yeah, I think there are a few, obviously. Um, we've got a few on the list. So, But the first one that we think is, is really important is to preach and teach good theology. So that mm-hmm. sounds obvious, right? Like no one actually goes into the pulpit or teaches the youth in their church bad theology intentionally. Mm-hmm. But I think we, um, whether it's the the lead pastor or a youth pastor or just a youth leader, um, we need to make sure that we are preaching and teaching good theology because a new study by Lifeway Research actually just came out. And what they said was the primary reason that people stay at or leave their church is because of the church's theology. Mm-hmm. And so we live in this, this time where churches are always like, hey, we need to try to make it as attractional as possible. Let's have a, let's have a band. Let's turn the lights low. Let's do X, Y, Z. Let's make them feel as comfortable as possible and try to attract them in. And, and it's not necessarily that those things in and of themselves are bad, but according to this study, let me pull this up here. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was, it's big. Well, yeah. 54% of people would consider leaving churches if the doctrine changed. Yeah. And only 5% would consider leaving if the music style changed. Right. And so the, the, the title of the article is New Research. Churchgoers stick around for theology, not music or preachers. And so what we must do is make sure that the theology is clear. Yeah. And strong. And strong. Well, and you see this with the different denominations, liberal denominations, um, such as the mainline Methodist, um, the Episcopalian, the um, Lutheran, Presbyterian. I mean, they all. Presbyterian USA. Make sure to make that distinction. Yeah. PCA solid. OPC solid. PCUSA. No way. (laughs) (laughs) No way to the PCUSA. No way, PCUSA. They, They have relinquished the authority of scripture to so that thinking they can be more inclusive of everyone and by doing that i mean they are they are dying denominations i mean their yeah. churches are empty their pe- congregations mostly older people um and the reality is who wants um who wants to be part of a church where the scripture doesn't have an authority you know, or, or part of a religion where there is no set authority. What's the point of that? There, there is no point. It's just a comfort. It's a, it's a hobby at that point. So you see a mass exodus from these liberal denominations because they have forfeited uh, their the authority of Scripture and they've yeah. gone the way of society. And um, whereas you see Scripture or denominations and tribes that take a high view of Scripture and they not just um, 
beating people, like not beating people over the head with the Bible, but just a high view, like this is the word of God. We're passionate about it. It's for us. They're robust in the way they think about it. Those tribes are growing and flourishing. Yeah. Which is just a, a, a clear indicator of the importance of holding a high view of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. So I think with that, though, people also think, well, we can't give kids rich doctrine or, or go through these hard things until they're older. So they go through their teen years hearing about, you know, just simple Bible stories they've heard most of their life without getting to some of the rich theology that really stirs your heart. Because one thing it does is it makes you search the scriptures. Um, I remember preaching or teaching through Ephesians with our youth group. Ephesians 1, I mean, we had to talk about election. Like it was there. We had to do it. Yeah. And and just laid it all out for them. And and for some of those kids, I mean, just rocked their world. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, and um, I, I just shared both sides of it. This is what's, I believe this is, these are how both uh, trains of thought are taught and this is what they believe. And um, it was clear, like they were willing to engage and, and several of them went home and studied and, and, and did their research. I mean, it motivated them to get in the word. So it's just really important that we stop treating kids or, or even young people um, in a way that they can't handle it. It's, it's very insulting. Yeah. I, praise, I mean, praise God for the way that that turned out with, with your youth at your church. Uh, but, but I'm thinking about like, cause I've met some of the, some of the kids in your youth group and a lot of them are, I mean, obviously none of them are in college, but a lot of them, probably the majority have a, an aspiration to go to college. Mm-hmm. And of those, not all of them are going to um, be able to continue attending your church while they're in college. And so if they're not equipped to dig into scripture, Mm-hmm. When they approach, whether a fellow student or a professor, somebody who pushes back on what they believe, then man, they're just so ill-equipped to to go into the world and be that effective witness that we're called to be. Whereas you, Rick, taking them through that kind of doctrine, something that's not not a light thing. I mean, doctrine right. of election is one of those heavy doctrines. And it's a doozy. Yeah, to be able to walk them through that is such a gift because they, then they already have like that shock factor taken off. They, you've opened yourself up to answer questions as best you can. And they're now better equipped to go back to scripture and be like, man, there, there are answers here. I just got to, I got to dig deep. Yep. So there, but yeah, so, uh, preach and teach good theology. Stop thinking that the youth can't handle doctrine. And the third uh, way that we can address this three, we've got one more. So therefore the third one here, is make sure the gospel is the primary thing. So yeah. when we say that, we mean don't make these uh, legalisms. So these things that we make primary things, things that may be convictions that may not actually have scriptural authority, don't make those the primary thing. So if you're making alcohol the primary thing, or if you're making premarital sex the primary thing, or if you're making um, swearing. S- Sunday attendance. <laughs> yeah, or Sunday attendance, yeah. Yeah, so easy to make that the primary thing. But the primary thing is the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so if we consistently go back to that in that we are separated from God because of our sin, we've rebelled from him, and but we were designed for a relationship with him, but we can't actually have that relationship with him because of our sin. But he, by his grace, sent his son to live the perfect life and then pay for our sin on the cross so that our sin would be paid for and 
Jesus's righteousness would be given to us. And that's how we have a relationship with God. Not because we've attended 52 out of 52 Sundays each year. Right. Then that will grow a, a love and an affection for the gospel and for Jesus that will um, stand the test of time rather than, oh, here's a list of five things that I know I can't do because I have the, the label Christian. Right. Yeah. And I think bringing all those together, you, you have to have um, authentic community. Now, that's a cliche term, but the reality is young people need a place to, again, go through their doubts, talk about their sexual struggles, talk about their frustrations with the church, maybe their frustrations with doctrine or their frustration with God, and know that, hey, people are going to love them and they're going to help them work through that. Now, they're not going to support them in their sin and they're not going to encourage them to, you know, believe heresy, but still a space where they can work through those things, feel loved, feel the body of Christ around them, um, and then encourage them, encourage them to walk in faithfulness, to walk in purity, to walk um, in their devotion with the Lord. Like that is a, a key piece that the church um, has just in, in many ways failed. Um, I think they're getting better at it in some ways. Sometimes in the quest for authenticity, it goes to the, the far end where everything's okay and we just love each other. We're just, hey, it's all about grace, and which at that point, it's not grace. You're just letting people live in sin. Um, but having a space, especially for young people, to work through their doubts, to, to feel loved, to feel the value, and to feel the body of Christ around them, it's, it's huge. Um, but yeah, so those are the things we can do. Um, it's, it's vital that we begin to, to implement those, but that can feel like a lot. So it's like we can kind of break that down into some, to some main takeaways, things that we can focus in on. Yeah. First one is if you love the church, you're, you will love and you will invest in the future leaders of the church and mm -hmm. the youth are our future. So love, love them, be patient with them, and also invest in them. Right. Because, I mean, they are, they are the church of today. Yeah. And um, they, you know, they have, and we'll talk more about this when we do a podcast on youth ministry, but they have an influence that the pastor and the adults will never have over their peers. And so we need to empower them for ministry and equip them at their age, believe in them. Um, yeah. And, but yeah. and, and thinking about it is if we want the church to be strong tomorrow, then we need to be investing in them today. Because right. would you rather have someone who's seasoned in life who had nobody investing in them at a young age or someone who has had the church come around them and invest in them for decades. And I have no idea what the, the stat all this, but I remember hearing about just kids in crisis and so forth. And um, the, the success rate among young people who have just one adult who, who genuinely cares for them and pours into them through their adolescent years. Um, is so much higher because they had one person who invested, who, who cared for them, who loved them. And um, you know, if you love the, the students and the youth of your church, you're going to spend time with them and you're going to believe in them. You're not going to you know, keep them in the back and tell them to be quiet and, and you know, keep in your place, but you're going to invest. You're going to spend time. You're going to be with them. So that's a, a huge way that you can uh, love them. Yeah. And, and one of the ways that you can invest is by providing opportunities for their gifts to be used. So don't, don't tell them, hey, maybe when you're in your mid-20s, then we can start using you. Or maybe when you're um, 18, or maybe when you're in college, then we can start to use. No, right. find ways to use them now. I mean, youth yeah. want to 
feel like they have a a role within the church. One of the reasons that people left, according to that study, was because they just didn't feel needed. Right. And so, and, and make sure to apply like it's within their capacity. So don't put them in charge of maybe worship on Sunday morning, unless they're they're really gifted. But also that their their walk with the Lord is is um, mature enough for that. So yeah, certainly use wisdom in that. It's not like all right, you're preaching on Sunday, you know. Yeah. Um, but make anyway, sure it's according to their yeah. Gift. So the, those those are the focuses. I mean, it's a big topic. It's a it's a really serious issue, and and the church needs to address it. Um, but here's the thing. Don't just expect to walk in and send all the elders or pastors to have this figured out. Just as church members, like begin to invest, begin to pour into the youth and hear their heart and, and love on them. So that Rob, um, what are some call to action? What can people do? So from- if you, uh, if you like today's episode, then do you think somebody else would? then do us a favor, share it with them. Let them know about the podcast. Uh, we're trying to be a blessing to you guys. And if you uh, feel like maybe we are, then that's really encouraging to us. Uh, but let somebody else know as well. Hopefully we can be a blessing to them. But then also, if we are a blessing to you, go ahead and leave us a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. But most people listen to it on if iTunes. If you leave so- us a rating, Rob will bake you a cake. Rob will not bake you a cake because Rob wants you to stay healthy. And if you were to eat anything that I made, you may end up getting sick. Oh, wow. I'm a terrible cook. <laughs> Are you so, a good baker? That's a good point. That is different, isn't it? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. So Rob, uh, if, if you leave you, a review, Rob will not bake you a cake. <laughs> but I will give you a shout out like we did today. Shout out. Yeah. And I mean, we love to hear from you guys. You know, we don't actually, I don't know if we've ever gotten an email from anybody. We have. I just oh, haven't told we? you about it. Yeah, I'll oh. tell you about it later. Wow. You, it was well, good. It was encouraging. Good. Well, hey, again, Rob loves to hear from you. Apparently, Rob doesn't share anything with me. But if you want to reach out and contact us, as always, you can hit, hit us up on Facebook at Simple Theology. We're on Twitter at Simple Theology underscore. And then check out the website, simpletheology.org. And uh, you can support us on Patreon. Just go to Patreon and search Simple Theology. And then again, great opportunity with the Audible Trial. That's um, audibletrial.com slash simpletheology. Get in there and get a good book. All right. Have a good one, guys. Peace out. Peace out. Oh, man. Peace out. Peace out. Peace out.